Morning. We're going to get going with the teaching scripture today, which is in Romans 8, 12 to 17. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the Spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the Spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are, ch- if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for giving us this time here to hear your word. We just pray that you open our ears and our hearts and our minds, God, that we hear what you have for us to hear from your, from your words, God, that you fill your presence in this place and just glorify your name, Lord. We praise you, God. Amen. Thank you, Ryan. I'm going to start out by asking you a question this morning. Um, What thoughts do you have when you think of God? And maybe even more important, what feelings do you have when you think of God? Does, Does the thought of God stir up feelings of fear or condemnation? Does the thought of God make you troubled or uneasy? Uh, Does it mainly stir up a sense of duty? Uh, Oh man, I should be doing this, or oh man, I shouldn't be doing that. Um, This, these feelings or these attitudes, this is the spirit of bondage and fear that is not from the Holy Spirit. This is what we feel like before we are children of God. I believe there are many people, even who consider themselves Christians, who actually uh, dislike God or fear Him or become nervous at the thought of Him. Uh, They feel like He is a being who wants them to stop doing the things they enjoy and start doing the things that sound awful to them. They see Him as a killjoy, as a policeman. Uh, They know that they have a moral duty to Him, uh, but they think and of that in terms of slavery, doing things that they don't really want to do. The Holy Spirit, the good news is that the Holy Spirit comes into your life to take that all away and replace it with a spirit of sonship. Uh, When you repent of your sins and trust in Christ, you become a child of God. And it is the work of the Holy Spirit to make you know and feel like a son. To make you know that you are loved and cared for as a son. That you have the standing, the place of a son. That you have a safe and secure place with your Heavenly Father. 
that He accepts you as His own, that you belong to Him. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, John Brown, in, in an old but very excellent commentary on Romans, said, The Spirit leads you to regard God with delightful feelings of love and confidence with which a child regards his father. The real tragedy is when those who are children of God continue to live as though they were orphans or to continue to live as though they were slaves and do not enjoy their place as sons of God. And when believers still feel insecure or isolated, lonely or abandoned or alienated from God, something is wrong. That is what you were before you were saved. But the Holy Spirit was sent into your heart to change all of that. So here in Romans 8, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Sonship. John Calvin said this is the first title of the Holy Spirit. And he, he meant that this is the supreme title of the Holy Spirit, or this is the supreme work of the Holy Spirit to confirm that you are a child of God and to cause you to love and trust God as a child. Luther translated this passage, we have been given the spirit of a child, or the spirit of childship. Other translations say the spirit of sonship, the spirit of adoption to sonship, or a spirit of adoption as sons, all meaning basically the same thing. Now, before we go any further, I want to say, ladies, this does not exclude you. And to help clarify this, I want to share a little bit, uh, which you ladies know better than I do, and I, 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 I've, I've seen bits and parts of this movie many times, but I'm not sure I, I've got the whole story down right, but I, but I think I do. But in Jane Austen's story, Pride and Prejudice, the problem in the house is that Mr. Bennett has no daughter, or has only daughters. And in that society, daughters never inherited the wealth of the family. And the closest male heir was the beneficiary. And the plot of the movie, at least the way I get it, is just sort of the galling fact that the daughters will get nothing from their father. And the other part of the drama is just kind of finding out how they're going to be provided for. Well, the Roman culture of the first century operated the same way. So, by saying that you are sons, ladies, Paul is saying that you have all the rights, all the blessings, all the inheritance of sons. You are left out of nothing. Whether you are male or female, you are all sons, in the sense that you will miss out on nothing of the blessings or the, or the inheritance of God. So, we are all Male or female are adopted into God's family as sons. And just um, on a human level, or even on a human level, I think most all of us know or have, have a pretty strong understanding that adoption is a very loving and merciful, gracious, beautiful thing. And we have several children in this church who have been adopted. And those parents 
chose to set their love on those kids, to commit themselves to care for those kids. Uh, They did it because they wanted those kids. And God did the same with you in a supreme act of love and grace. He chose you and he chose to make you his son or daughter uh, through adoption. And the gist of this passage in Romans is that because you are a son of God, the Holy Spirit has been sent into your heart uh, to give you a spirit of sonship. In other words, the Holy Spirit has been sent into your heart to move you to respond now to God as your loving Father. The Holy Spirit creates in your heart a love, a longing, a desire for your Heavenly Father. He removes the fear, uh, the apprehension, the sense of bondage. It says He did not give us that. You did not, verse 15 says, you did, not, uh, you did not receive a spirit of slavery leading to fear again. Uh, you know, a slave regards his owner as uh, a taskmaster. There, there's just a spirit typically of dislike and fear. The Holy Spirit does not give you this kind of spirit, but instead he inspires you to connect to God as Father. He creates in you childlike affections for God as your father. So, you are not to be like a slave in your relationship with God. You're not to be like a slave. You're not to be cowering. You're not to be fearful of rejection. Uh, You're not to to be anticipating harsh or unloving treatment. Uh, But you are to be like a child who cannot wait to see his daddy come home from work. Uh, Those of you who have little children... Uh, you see the way that your kids miss you uh, when you leave and are so excited to see you come home. Yeah, I see this all the time with my grandkids. I, I could tell this about any one of my uh, kids or grandkids, but uh, I, I particularly remember a few times when uh, Josh and Alyssa dropped off Silas and for us to watch, and I just remember how I mean, Silas just wailed with sadness and grief when uh, Josh would walk out the door, just reach, reaching out his arms, you know, don't go, don't go. Um, and then a few hours later, when Josh came back to pick him up, you know, Silas would just scamper to him as fast as he could with his great big smile on his face, just as happy as could be. Well, the Holy Spirit gives you that kind of attachment uh, to your Heavenly Father, that sort of effect, childlike affection for your Heavenly Father. Uh, J.I. Packer, in his book, uh, Knowing God, begins with a question, what is a Christian? And he, 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 and he, he goes on to say, that question could be answered in many ways, but the richest answer I know is that a Christian is one who has God for his father. In other words, a Christian is one who is brought into a loving, affectionate, father-son relationship with God. Verse 15, you're brought into this relationship so that you cry, Abba, Father. I'm going to break this down just a little bit and start with the word cry. The word cry here means a loud cry expressing deep emotion. The Holy Spirit is at work in you to put 
this cry in your heart for God. It is something that comes from very deep within you. It is passionate. It is very personal. I have a son uh, who is estranged from me. And sometimes uh, when I'm out walking or by myself or up in the middle of the night, I just, I just cry out for him. There's no words. There's no sentences. I just let out something of a deep cry for him to return to me. And sometimes I cry out like that for my Heavenly Father, especially when I'm deeply distressed about something. Sometimes my only prayer is just, is just a cry or a groan. Or even just the word, Father. We cry out, Abba, Father. It's like there's this intuitive sense that we know know who to turn to. We know where our help comes from. We know who truly loves us. Uh, We know who to cry out to when we're in trouble and desperate. And we cry out, Abba, Father. And it is the Spirit who puts within our hearts this cry, this longing. Uh, I hear it in Alyssa's music. I feel it during our worship. I felt that cry during our worship this morning. Uh, You may feel it when you're out for a walk by yourself or when you wake up in the night. Uh, You may feel it after after the Word of God. You hear the Word of God taught on a Sunday morning or or during the Lord's Supper. Uh, anytime, day or night, you may have this longing, this sense, this cry for God. And I'm sure you know what I'm talking about if you, if you are a child of God. And Paul is saying this cry comes from the Holy Spirit. And it says, we cry out, Abba, Father. Uh, Abba was a word used to express personal, warm affections towards your father. It is a child's word. It is the word children used to call their fathers. That's what they called their fathers. Um, adult sons and daughters also used the word to express affection toward their father as they were older and as he was older. But it is, it is known as a child's word for father. One commentary I read said, Abba is a very endearing term that reflects deep relational intimacy without any kind of formalism or legalism. I like that. You know, when you know God as Abba Father, it just, I mean, it just cuts through the formalism and the legalism. The closest translation in English would be Dear Father, or perhaps Papa, or even Daddy. Whatever is the most personal word you would use for your father, That communicates the idea of this passage. We are now God's children. He is our Father. And and that is the kind of relationship we are now in with Him. And again, the Holy Spirit has been sent into your hearts to create this, to develop this. So if you're you're in tune with the Holy Spirit, this is what you're going to be learning and growing in, this kind of attachment to God. Now, when we talk about God as Father or Abba Father, um, I realize that some here do not have good feelings toward their earthly father. Uh, Some have had earthly fathers who were very abusive. 
or who abandoned them. And I understand that even the word father may be associated with painful things for some people. But there is a sense in which we all know what a good father would be like. If you think your father was a bad father, that's because you have an image of what a good father would be like. And so don't transfer your feelings towards your very imperfect earthly father onto God, your heavenly father. I think a passage that helps with this is, is Matthew seven eleven. It says, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? If then... If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? And one of the ideas, at least, that is clear from this verse is that in our sinfulness, even the best fathers are not good compared to how good our Heavenly Father is. I mean, it says, if you then, being evil, know how to do some good things for your children. I mean, that, that didn't compare to how good your heavenly Father is. So, for you who, who did not or do not have the best relationship with your Father, uh, let me encourage you with this. Nobody has a Father so perfect that they can use that as an exact image of what their heavenly Father is like. Uh, so, do not buy into the lie that uh, I can never find intimacy with God because my earthly father ruined my concept of fatherhood. Uh, just don't buy into that lie. Don't let that keep you from entering into this, the fullness of this kind of Abba Father relationship that the Holy Spirit came to give you. And also, remember, uh, it is the Holy Spirit who creates this kind of childlike love in your heart. For your heavenly Father, this it, de it doesn't say that this depends upon you having having had a great home life when you were growing up. It says the Holy Spirit gives you the the spirit of sonship. The Holy Spirit gives you this delight in God as your Father, no matter what your past has been. Now, I also think it's important to say that the spirit of sonship is not something that everybody knows and experiences. We are God's offspring, as it says in the Scripture, in the sense that God created all of us. But the Scripture is also clear that we are not, not all people are sons of God or children of God. It's, it's communicated very clearly in Scripture that that is a unique, special privilege uh, to become children of God. John, John, uh, 1 John says, Behold, what manner of love is this, that we should become the children of God, or we should be the children of God. Uh, the Bible makes very clear that there are those who are sons of God and those who are not. Only those who have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them know this kind of affection for God as Abba, Father. But it is important to know where you stand. God wants you to know beyond any doubt whether you are a son or not. Uh, and if you are not a son of God, it's best that you know for certain that you are not. And if you are a son of God, it's best that you know for certain that you are. I mean, the scripture uh, 
definitely communicates the idea that there should be an absolute sense of certainty of your standing with God, that you are a beloved child of God. So one of the things in this, in this passage that we read in Romans 8, uh, the, these verses really give us two ways that your adoption as sons is confirmed. In other words, there's two things that happen when you receive the spirit of sonship. There's, there's two things that just always go along with that. And by knowing these two things, it can give you uh, confirmation of your sonship, a sense of certainty and assurance. So, number one, when you receive the Spirit as sons of God, number one, you are led by the Spirit in a battle to overcome your sin. Now, this may sound like I am just completely switching gears on you this morning, uh, but this is actually a core part of this passage about sonship. And I actually feel like I, I would be negligent to the core truth of this passage if I just totally eliminated this part of sonship. Verse 13, If you live according to the sinful nature, nature you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. All right, who are the sons of God? Those who are led by the Spirit. Who are those who are led by the Spirit? Those who are putting to death their sinful deeds. I mean, it's just, the logic is irrefutable in this passage. And this is all in one sentence. It's a very, very clear structure of logic here. As a son of God, as a son of God, you are being moved or led by the Holy Spirit to, to put to death or, or to kill sin. Uh, Galatians 5 puts it, puts it this way, All who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and lusts. Continuing on in, in a habitual life of sin is the life of a rebel, not of a son. As a son, the Holy Spirit leads you into war or into battle against your own sin, your own sin. That's, it's interesting that in this passage this is not stated as a command like you put to death your sin it is not telling us how to become sons of God it is saying this is what happens in sons this is what happens in those who have the spirit they put to death the deeds of the body not perfectly, of course not. We know that. But in a substantial way, they put to death their own sin. Verse 9 puts it this way. You, you are not controlled by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. Or to put it another way, if the Spirit of God lives in you, you are controlled by the Spirit, not by the sinful nature. Uh, so, in other words, the person who still does not give a rip about their own sin does not have the Spirit. He is not a son. He does not have a spirit of sonship. But the, her, the person who is taking up battle against their own sin does have the spirit of sonship because you are showing by that that you are being led by the Spirit. And what does it say? Those who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. 
This is not saying that if you slip up and sin this afternoon, you're not a son of God or a child of God. It is, again, it's saying those who habitually live according to the sinful nature are not sons of God. Those who are sons of God follow the lead of the Holy Spirit and put to death the sinful things of the body. And this, this is all just a part of sonship. I mean, and if you think about it, it's really the only way it could be. Because if you have the spirit of sonship, you now uh, are you, you now are given uh, the values of your heavenly Father. Uh, the Spirit sees to it that that happens. You now oppose sin in your life because you have the spirit of sonship in you. The Spirit is leading you this way. It is in your spiritual DNA. The Spirit puts that in you. The Spirit makes the sons and daughters of God warriors against sin. But here's the, here's, here's the great thing that I, I love in this passage, how, how this ties it together to the Spirit of, of Abba Father. The Spirit of God does not lead you uh, to put to death your sin or to kill sin by threatening you or by striking you with terror and with fear. Uh, or by treating you like a slave. No, he leads you in this battle against your sin by treating you as a son, by making you a son who acts out of love and devotion for your heavenly father. And that's why you're battling a sin, because you are now in this affectionate love relationship with your heavenly father, and the most, one of the most important things in your life now is to please him and it's just a second nature because of that spirit of sonship that you want to put to death the sin in your life. He leads you to put to death sin in your, in your, uh, in your life or sin in your body, your, the, the, your sinful deeds or misdeeds as it says in NIV, by stirring up your affections for God. And so you fight sin from a place of acceptance, of sonship, and of victory. Now, the second way uh, that your adoption is confirmed, your adoption as sons is confirmed, is that there is a cry in your heart for God. And we've already covered some of this, but we're going to come back to this because this is, this is so foundational. Uh, this passage says, You received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Goes right on to the next verse. It says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Or, the Spirit in this way testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. In other words, the meaning of this passage is, When you cry, Abba, Father. When you cry out from your heart, for your heavenly Father. When you cry out, Dear Father, that is the Holy Spirit in you showing you or testifying to you that you are a child of God. Uh, John Piper said, The witness of the Holy Spirit that you are a child of God is the creation in you of affection for God. The testimony of the Holy Spirit is the cry. I love that. <laughs> The testimony of the Holy Spirit that you are a child of God is the cry, Abba, Father. 
It's not a doctrinal statement that assures you that you're a Christian. I mean, there's nobody else that can walk up to you and give you just give you this assurance or try to convince you that you're a son of God. It is a cry. It is a cry in your heart, Abba Father, that gives you the knowledge, the certainty, the absolute conviction that you are a son of God. So you don't need to wait for a voice saying, Hey, Andy, you're a child of God. When you cry, Dear Father, when you cry, Abba Father, that is the voice of God's Spirit. Alexander McLaren said, That cry is the voice of God's Spirit speaking in you, taking the voice and tones of your own heart. I hope, I hope, you, I hope you heard that. I don't like to repeat things, but man, it's really profound. Uh, that cry is the voice of God's Spirit speaking in you, taking the voice and tones of your own heart. So, we, we gain this assurance because something is going on inside of us that we know is from the Holy Spirit. Because this longing, this cry, does not originate from you. It, is, it, it does not come from your spirit, but from the Holy Spirit. Galatians 4, 6, which says almost the same thing as this passage, says, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Doesn't that make it clear? That it is really the Spirit. Even though we're crying out, Abba, Father, we're speaking the words, the emotion is coming from us, and yet it is the Spirit of His Son in our hearts who cries out, Abba, Father. The NIV says, uh, but God sent the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. Luther said, For we did not bring this desire or affection with us. Neither can we be taught by any laws how to obtain it. This change is plainly and simply the work of the right hand of the Most High. Um, again, I, 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 hope, I hope you're getting those things. <laughs> They're so, so, so profound. Um, this, this, this cry doesn't originate from you. It's from the Holy Spirit. And so this is how the Holy Spirit gives you uh, not only a consciousness that you, that you belong to God, but, but an unshakable uh, assurance and confidence that you belong to God as His Son. This affectionate love for the Father which the Holy Spirit produces gives you internal certainty that you are indeed the, the child of God. This cry, Abba Father, is so different from the spirit which you used to have toward God. It is so different from the spirit that you see in the world towards God that you cannot doubt that the spirit which is given only to the children of God, has been given to you. Therefore, you know. Alright, just, just to kind of summarize what we've been saying about this, this confirmation of, of adoption as sons, is that if you are a son of God and have the Spirit of God, you will uh, kill sin and cry, Abba, Father. And I, I put it that way, just it kind of helps me. The two K sounds, kill and cry. <laughs> You'll kill sin 
and you'll cry, Abba, Father. And those, those are the two foundational marks of the Holy Spirit. These are the two marks of a son of God. These are two basic things that a son of God will do. These are two basic things that the Spirit of God is working uh, into your life. I don't think it goes too far to say that these are the foundation of the Spirit's work in your life. I mean, there, there are so many gifts that the Holy Spirit gives, so many effects of the Holy Spirit, uh, so many ways that He works in our lives, all very important, but these are the very foundational, the very first works of the Holy Spirit to confirm that you are a son of God. I mean, if you don't, if you aren't just locked in on this and this Abba Father relationship, I mean, what what else does it? What does it matter to learn? You know, talk about uh, you know gifts of prophecy or teaching, whatever. You know, we got to be we got to be uh, totally uh, immersed in this teaching, this understanding of of the Holy Spirit. Well, I want to end this morning by asking, what keeps us from living more fully in this spirit of sonship? I think the problem for some of us, and probably all of us at times, is that just some of the the old feelings of fear, of alienation, of condemnation, uh, of insecurity or lack of acceptance or rejection, uh, some of those feelings just have been deeply embedded into our consciousness and into our life. And they need to be rooted out and replaced by this spirit of sonship. And so even after we have been adopted, we, we may struggle uh, with these feelings. Uh, I heard about a man who was a missionary. I don't know to what country, but he allo- adopted a little girl from uh, the country to which uh, he and his wife were missionaries. Uh, but for many months, this little girl could not bring herself to call him father or daddy. Uh, legally, she was his daughter. Uh, he had hugged her, told her how much he loved her. Uh, he'd encouraged her that she belonged to them just as much as their other kids. But for months and months, she just would never call him father or daddy. Well, finally, one day, she came up to his desk and she said, Father, I have broken my my shoe. And that was the first time she had called him Father. And he said he was so thrilled that he would have bought a whole shoe store for her. She finally developed the consciousness that she really belonged to him, that he was her father. And sometimes it, it is a process for us, too, to really learn how accepted how beloved as sons we really are. And I think it helps to go back to verse 15, uh, just the very clear statement that says, you did not receive a spirit of slavery leading to fear again. I mean, that's just kind of a grid, a test that you can use. If you're feeling that spirit of slavery, of kind of being beaten down, this this sense of fear, um, that is not from the Holy Spirit. I mean, it says it right there. So you can go back, you can can hang on to that. You can clutch on to that. It says, 
you did not receive a spirit of slavery leading to fear again. Fear again. The Holy Spirit gives us a sense of peace with God, a sense of sonship, of acceptance. He puts in our heart an eagerness to love and serve God, not a spirit of slavery. So when you see that, when you recognize that spirit of slavery creeping back in and you think, think of serving God as heavy or burdensome or just something you, you, you have to do but you don't really want to do, you have to reject that. You have to learn to say no to that. That is, that is not the Spirit. That is not the Holy Spirit. That is not the, the disposition that the Holy Spirit has put in my heart. Those feelings of insecurity or rejection or fear are not from God. And just, you just have to dwell on these truths. Remind yourself that the Holy Spirit gives you feelings of love and affection and confidence which enable you to call out Abba, Father. Very clear from this passage that the work of the Holy Spirit in your life is to give you a, a no-fear, no-condemnation, intimate relationship with the Father. And he wants you to enjoy this father-son relationship, or if you will, his father-daughter relationship. Now, you can't enjoy this, this no-condemnation, intimate status with God unless you are saved. I mean, that, that's, this is very clear. I mean, this all comes from, from turning to Christ, repenting of your sins, turning uh, by faith to Christ. It's something that, that is born in you when or after you are united by faith to Christ. So, if, if there is someone here this morning uh, who has any doubt about your, uh, your standing with God, really encourage you to um, come and talk to me or some others who will be up here afterwards. Um, the things that we've been talking about just, just will not be yours until you, are, until you know that you are in a saved relationship with Christ. But also, I do not think you can fully enjoy this Abba, Father, Spirit uh, unless you are responding to the internal work of the Holy Spirit. I don't think you can really fully enjoy this Abba, Father, Spirit unless you are really opening yourself up to the work of the Holy Spirit and letting Him fully work this in you. The spirit of sonship that we've been talking about this morning is one of the richest blessings the Holy Spirit brings to you. And so I urge you to, um, to dive in, to, to partake of it fully. Don't quench the spirit on this ministry. Don't quench the spirit within you crying out, Abba, Father. Let him lead you into this this, the personal intimacy and enjoyment of your Heavenly Father. So I urge you this morning to respond to the Holy Spirit's promptings within you to call out to God, Abba Father or Dear Father. I urge you to, to just talk to God, to begin talking to God. If you don't already, just begin talking to God as a child to His Father. Um, I urge you to to say to the Father, to say to God, Father, uh, I am so glad to be your son, or I am so glad to be your daughter. And just begin 
Begin communing or talking with God as your beloved Father. And the other thing I think is really important to take home from this is this Abba-Father relationship is now your core identity in life. It's, it's, it's more important or more foundational to you than being a man or a woman, more than being a businessman or a teacher or a salesman. More, I think it's even more important than being a mom or a dad. This is the most important thing about you. This is your core identity that you have been brought into this Abba-Father relationship that you are now a son or daughter of God. And the beautiful thing, it is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. And just, just embrace that and let Him lead you into that. Revel in that. Enjoy that. It's, it's a good thing. It's a blessing. Let's pray. Father, we um, thank you for your amazing love and grace that you would choose to adopt us as your sons. And even more that you would send your spirit into our hearts working this, this new affection for you, uh, this longing that we would now... Um, not only know it on our heads or know it doctrinally, but we would know it in our hearts, that we would feel in our hearts that you are Abba, Father. And Lord, I ask you this morning, just by a powerful work of your Spirit, uh, to, to prepare us, to open up our hearts, even here this morning, uh, to embrace this in a, in, a, in a totally new and deep way that we maybe never have before. I ask your spirit to work powerfully this morning to reveal yourself as the spirit of sonship that has been sent into our hearts. Lord, um, may, we, may we not miss out on the richness of this foundational work of the Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.